You are listening to episode 190 of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this week I thought it would be fun to talk about nine ways that may inspire you to step into a quiet and simple life. If you're someone that's been feeling overwhelmed and you need some simple reminders that the world is not all completely bad and want to try as much as you can to take back some of the control around the joy and the gratitude that you may feel on a daily basis, then this episode is definitely for you. I want to share nine simple steps that you can take specifically activities that you can incorporate into your life daily, weekly, or ongoing to help you kind of sink into that simplicity and stillness that you may be craving. So I hope this podcast episode is inspirational to you and let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I'm so glad you're here. And I just wanted to take a minute to say that I'm so thankful for all of you that continue to listen or find the podcast. It's been so fun doing this over the years, and I'm just glad you're here. And I wanted to share a couple reviews that a a couple of you left recently on the podcast. I always appreciate these so much, and I thought it'd be fun to share a couple of them. So the first one says, amazing gem of a podcast. Sarah's voice is so soothing. I feel mindful when I listen. Her tips and advice are a daily reminder that you should find what works for you. I could go on for ages telling you how wonderful this podcast is. Do yourself a favor and listen for yourself. I'm so glad that you enjoy the podcast. I'm glad that you find my my voice soothing and not annoying. So that's always good. And then the other one I wanted to share is transformative. Listening to this podcast has completely transformed my view of productivity and even what true success in my business looks like. Sarah's perspectives and tips have helped me not only implement useful time and energy management strategies, but have also helped me create a much healthier relationship to my business, find my flow in work and life, and create a better work-life balance. It's been a game changer for me. Thank you, Sarah, for putting your podcast out into the world. It is so very needed, and I know it must be helping many others besides myself, too. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm glad it's been inspirational to you. I also just want to note that I don't always get raving five-star reviews. Um, Sometimes there's reviews that are not so great or not so nice, but that's part of showing up, right? And people are always entitled to their opinion and to leave a review. So if you're doing something in the world and you're scared of stating your opinion or scared to put your values and your beliefs out there like I do on my website and my podcast everywhere, I just want to let you know 
that the worst thing that can happen um, may eventually happen. And for me, that's lots of not lots, but every now and then I'll get like a quote unquote hateful, you know, review or an email from someone kind of ranting and yelling at me in caps. And it it's never fun. But if that's the worst thing, like you'll get used to it over time. So I just want to share that because I, I don't always know that people talk about those things. So find your voice and keep talking. You're never going to please anyone anyway. You're going to talk too fast, too slow for people. You'll use too many filler words. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten from people over the years that have said your podcast would be so much better if you didn't use the word like or if you didn't swear. You know, whatever. We're all human, right? So wanted to share that. But today, I'm actually really excited to record this podcast in a really lovely mood. And I'm about to go on a vacation with my husband to the ocean. So I'm sure that I'll be sharing about that and really just unplugging. But I wanted to share some steps today, some things that you can do. And before we get into those nine ways of living a simple and quiet life, I wanted to say that it's been quite easy lately for my nervous system to become very overstimulated. And again, I will honestly share that I'm still in the middle of a very, what seems like long journey toward working through my CPTSD. And part of that recently has been nightmares, horrible nightmares that um, wake me up and that often stay with me for the next day that have caused a lot of stress, a lot of full days of crying. And I am not sharing this um, for you to feel any sympathy or anything, but more so to say that human things happen to all of us. And I think sometimes when we are in these really dark places, struggling with life events or mental health stuff, it can feel like we are the only one that is going through it and that no one else would possibly understand. And I definitely think there's unique situations, but I want to share that because I think more often than not, there is a shared human experience that we all are in a current with and we just don't always talk about it. And so... These things have definitely made it difficult, especially this first quarter of this year in my business, to stay consistent with content in the way that I thought I would be able to. It's made it a little bit harder to um, bring as much you know, energy to some of my launches in my business. And I also just want to share this because, again, I still feel the stigma of being a business owner and not, quote unquote, having it all together. But then I also say to myself, like, what would that really look like anyway to have it all together, right? What, to not be fully human, to not not allow all of my own needs to be met. And I recently actually read this newsletter from one of my favorite humans. Um, Her name is Lisa Oliveira. She has a newsletter called Human Stuff. There's a free one. There's a paid one. I highly recommend subscribing to it. It is fantastic. She's an amazing writer, and I will have the link to that in our show notes. But in one of her recent uh, newsletters, she spoke about how she's tired. She's a new mom. She's overrun, and but she's also tired of constantly trying 
to hide her tiredness and that part of herself in uh, in the world. And I actually wanted to share a brief excerpt from her newsletter. Lisa, I hope you don't mind. (laughs) Not that she's going to listen to this, but it says, I don't want to keep pushing my humanity away. I want to push away the idea that I was ever supposed to. I don't want to keep pushing what's true away. I want to push away the idea that I was ever meant to. I don't want to keep pushing my tiredness away. I want to push away the idea that I'm not allowed to just be what I am on any given day in any given moment. I might actually write that and have it displayed near my computer because it was one of the most human things that I'd read recently and it really felt kind of like a nourishing hug like yes yes to that and as I find myself drifting deeper and closer (laughs) into my mid-30s I also notice this deeper desire for a slower and quieter pace of life it's really taking hold and I definitely think that part of that is due to my unrelenting state of hypervigilance over the years due to my diagnosis. Um, And after finding some relief through antidepressants that I'm currently taking, I've been better. It's been a lot easier for me to sleep. um, And I've been able to kind of work through some of these resurfacing nightmares that often seep into my days. And that if you've ever had trouble with nightmares, I sympathize with you, empathize with you, because there are some that continue on into my day, and it feels like it was a real memory, and they are hard to shake. But I've been working through those, and I have found that a deeper rest, I have found a deeper rest that I didn't think was available to me anymore. Um, For years and years, I lived in this state of just really struggling. Uh, And it was like, I didn't even have the awareness of how much I was struggling. And um, because for a lot of people that deal with depression or mental health stuff, which I do, you can kind of find your state yourself in this state of coping and getting through things and adapting and adjusting, right? It's why a lot of women um, are go undiagnosed when it comes to, you know, ADHD, for example, because a lot of women learn the different coping skills, right, to not have it present as clearly externally. And, but through this, I've been finding that I can sleep better, that I'm not, you know, um, going to live the rest of my life not being able to sleep, which some years I I thought that was going to be my story. But I do find myself noticing there's more FOMO in this chapter of my life, which is very interesting because I would th- I would automatically assume that as I get older, there'd be less FOMO. Um, and I guess it's more comparison. But as I notice more people, you know, in their 30s in my age group of friends choosing a path, right, either growing a family or traveling or diving deeper into their careers, there's often... There's usually, for for sure, less prioritization of friendships. And I know, I mean, I'm guilty of that too. It's just hard. It's hard to maintain and find new friends at this specific chapter in my life. And um, I'd be so, I'd so love to to hear from, um, 
different people, you know, in different chapters of your life. If you relate to this, if you found this to be true in your 30s, if you found it to be true in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, whoever you are, however you're listening, I would love to know if you found this to be true for yourself. I was recently having a conversation with my mom and she was like, yeah, (laughs) I definitely felt that way. And, you know, I think that that can make us feel lonely. And I've definitely noticed that I felt more lonely during this chapter of my life than I have in other times. And I think part of that's definitely due to the pandemic as well. But it's interesting that the comparison seems to be there more than it ever was. And I guess it's more of a feeling of what if I run out of time, right? Versus what if I'm not capable? Because in my 20s, a lot of the times it was if I saw someone else doing it, I'd be like, oh, I can't do that too. Or like, oh, they must have something that I don't. Where now my confidence is way higher than it ever was in my earlier years. But it's not a matter of can I do that too? It's do I have the same amount of time (laughs) or like how am I going to get the same amount of energy, right, to prioritize that or make it happen? And I just think it's a different struggle. It's very fascinating. It's very interesting. But the pressure and the awareness of time and opportunity has also really painted the air with this thick fog. So it's kind of like even though there's so much life ahead of you in your 30s, There's definitely this realization for the first time for me that life is moving, right? Things are changing. Your body is changing. You are aging, all those things. And what's most fascinating about all of this, though, is that I also find myself delighting in more simple things. So things before that I used to overlook in my life, even like the changing of the leaves on trees in the fall, for example, now will make my whole day like just bloom with happiness. And so I find myself wanting to carve out more nothing time, nothing time for simplicities that were probably you know, hobbies of those that came like centuries before us, very simple things. And today I was thinking (laughs) that it would be fun to share and explore what some of those have been for me and perhaps inspire you to do the same, to kind of revel in that slower pace, to embrace stillness and let go of the pressure to rush forward with every moment. And I want to acknowledge, too, that, you know, these choices are not always available to everyone at every moment. But if you do find the deep desire to slow down, to simplify and quiet your life, so to speak, then consider today's episode your invitation to do so. So let's dive into these nine ways that you can sink into a quiet and simple life. Some of these are actual action item things that you can try and others are more of a mindset shift. But the first one is to look up and attend a local library book sale near you soon. This is something that our library system does at least once a month. And if you really want to get into buying a lot of books or just looking through them, then if you have different branches of your local library, sometimes different ones will do them different times of the month. So I think within like a 10 or 20 mile radius of me, I could probably hit up three or four book sales at my local libraries every month if I wanted to. But I had a lot of fun. I actually went to one today 
There's a couple tweaks that I would have loved to have seen because it was super crowded. Um, and I think so many people, like, we've forgotten how to crowd. And also, it was just, it was packed. And they, there wasn't really a flow in the uh, book sale. So if I was hosting a book sale, I'd probably be really anal retentive about it and have like arrows of like, this is where you start. And then you walk through the whole thing in one straight line, and then you're done. Um, But it was it was chaos. However, attending a local library book sale was a lot of fun. I ended up getting, I think, 13 or 14 books. And it cost me a total of $13.50. And this can be really fun because there's something about coming back to physical books. And this book sale was amazing. I think trade paperbacks and hardcover books were a dollar. There were some books that were as low as 25 cents. And I got some really cool ones. I got some on gardening and some really fun fictional books that I wanted to try and some other ones that I'd like heard of an author before and I've been wanting to read them. So that was really fun. But I encourage you to go check out a a book sale near you um, with used books and just have fun kind of getting lost and pick up something new. I think the art of looking for and collecting books and reading them and gifting them and trading them and all those things. There's just something really lovely about that. And so the other thing I'll add is if you don't feel like going to an e-book sale, especially with other people, the other thing you can do is look up any any kind of little libraries in your area. So I think the website is actually littlefreelibrary.org. And at least in the United States, there is a whole I think it's international, but there's a whole basically like map and reference list of where all of them are located and people tend to build them and then add them to the registry. But this is really fun. And if you don't know a lot about little free libraries, it's basically like a little tiny box that's been staked into the ground and they're so cute. They make there's a Instagram account for them, too. And you basically go and you can pick up a book or you can leave a book and I have done that multiple times. I found some really cool books before. I love to, anytime I'm done with a book, I love to, you know, drive around, find a little library and put books back in there. Some people also leave other things. Like I've seen people leave tarot cards or oracle cards in them, Um, you know, cookbooks. So all kinds of stuff. And so that's really fun. And I think just the the adventure of it all, like going to a library. So even just like going to your library could be one of these things, but just there's something about going to a library. And I did get a book that is older, like from the early 1900s and it smells so good. I'm one of those people. I love the smell of old books. When we got home, I opened it up and I was like, oh my gosh, to my husband, I was like, smell this. And he was like, ugh, like he's not a fan. But I was like, oh, it just smells so good. Like you can just smell the old pages and the paper. And there's something really like mindful uh, about that that I really like. So that was the first one. The second one is to host a small tea party. And this goes out, shout out to my lovely mom, because recently um, we actually celebrated Easter early this year. Um, And by celebrating Easter, I mean, like, we put together Easter baskets for each other and have mimosas. But (laughs) but, um, we did it early this year because we're going to the ocean um, right after actual Easter. So I'll be packing and stuff. So 
we did it early and that was really fun. It was fun to put together Easter baskets for everybody. And then a few days later, my mom sends me a text and she's so cute. And she was like, I hope that you and Miss Bella is what she calls my bulldog um, can come for an Easter tea on Thursday at 1 p.m. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I show up and, and I have photos on my Instagram highlights. I think it's under my spring highlight. She had put together an entire like spread of the most amazing like little tea food. So she made um, and my mom's vegan. So she made like everything vegan. So she had like little cucumber sandwiches and she had these little like um, satan meat roll ups with like a vegan cream cheese in the middle with chives. And she had like a Waldorf salad with like grapes and other fruit and some other pasta and then she also got like strawberries and blueberries and raspberries and bought this chocolate hazelnut butter to dip them in I mean it was just divine and it was so fun and she like displayed everything really cute and she had all these decorations from when I was little for Easter and we just had so much fun and I don't actually think we ended up drinking tea I think we ended up having this like lemon um, Italian soda sparkling Italian soda that was very, very good. But it was so lovely and so fun. And there was something about making a special moment on a Thursday afternoon when we both had time and just creating an event. It was just the two of us and my dog. <laughs> and we had so much fun. And so I encourage you to host something like this, you know, whether it's just for yourself, even like go on a special picnic, buy yourself um, a special fruit tart and get yourself a bottle of some fancy little drink and go enjoy yourself because there's no reason to wait to make these special moments. Number three is to tour the public domain online and marvel at all of the amazing artwork that came before you even existed. And this is something I started doing because sometimes there's artwork you can find for planners or journals or in Published with Purpose. My students and I will talk about different um, copyright-free stuff that you can use, royalty-free, copyright-free, all that stuff. And so we'll explore different things. You always want to be careful and double check that you can use something. But it's also really fun to go on the public domain and see what's available, especially high resolution images. There are some 4K images that you can actually download where they've scanned like original pieces of art and you can basically have prints made right for your own home. And I've really been having fun going on specifically. You can look up stuff that's been donated to or transferred to whatever the public domain from like the Smithsonian Art Museum or the Glasgow uh, University of Art or uh, the Audubon Society for all you bird lovers out there. And it's just really fun to go look at the art. So if you don't have time to get out and go thrifting or something like that, then go explore the public domain. I mean, seriously, it's so inspirational to see. And it's also really fascinating to see all these different things from the 15th, 16th, 17th century art that's available that will just blow your mind, truly, what's been created by humanity before us. Number four is to make a ritual out of having either a cup of coffee or tea. One thing I really like to do when I'm feeling really stressed, especially in the evening, is I'll put on the kettle or I'll make a pot of decaf tea, uh, coffee and I'll make a cup of tea or whatever. And I really enjoy 
the sounds that are made from tea. So like pouring the water into the cup, hearing the kettle start, all those kind of things. And so that's a really mindful way of kind of tapping into your senses. That's also a really great grounding exercise, by the way, if you're ever feeling stressed, is to name every sense that you have and like what you currently are experiencing. So like, what do you currently see? How warm is the room? Those kind of things. So making a ritual out of having a cup or tea, I will bring it into like my office and I'll just watch like the steam come out of the water in the cup and I'll feel the warmth of the cup um, in my hand, in the palm of my hand. And there's something really nourishing, you know, about taking the first sip and feeling the warm water, you know, in my mouth, going down my throat, filling up my body and really just taking it in that, taking in that moment. And I think it's very similar to, you know, if you practice mindful eating practices or anything like that, there's that episode way back in the beginning of the podcast where Jenny Eden Burke joined and she walked me through a mindful eating exercise. It's very similar to that. So I actually wrote two for the next one, so I'm going to combine them. Um, But basically, it's talking about rearranging your home and creating a place that really feels like a a sanctuary. So I've really been stepping into this more, really looking at my home as my sanctuary, a place where I feel safe and comfortable and cozy and warm and like I can be fully and completely myself. And I think part of that is making everyday moments extra special and cozy. So lighting a candle in your space, taking time to maybe make a meal from scratch or something simple that we don't always do, right? Like heating up your towel before in the dryer before you take a bath or warming up your blankets in the dryer, right? Before you get into bed. Sometimes if my dog Bella is super anxious or she's like recently went to the vet, I will often warm up a blanket for her and then put that over her before we go to sleep and it always calms her down so much. And one of the ways that I do this is I create routines in my life and in the evening that kind of help settle me down and make home feel like a sanctuary. So uh, a couple years ago, it wasn't until my 30s, I started getting into a skincare routine that I really, really love and that always feels very pampering. Um, But I guess the the take-home here is that It's important to stop waiting for special occasions to do things, right? The things that you do are what make your days special. So you don't have to wait to use things. Like, for example, I have this jar of really nice like body butter lotion and it'd been sitting on my bathroom counter for a month or so. And every time I see it, I'd be like, that's for a special occasion. And then one day I was like, why? (laughs) What, What are you waiting for? Like, use your damn body butter. So now I've been using it every night. Um, I like to take a bath a lot lately. So I've been taking a bath, doing a face mask, using my body butter, like using up all those products. There's no need to wait. Um, another thing that I recently did that's been, this is kind of off topic with this one, but I thought I would share it, is that I recently bought my mom a squirrel feeder. And I think I actually got it at Walmart. And it's this like little wooden feeder. We attached it to one of her trees in her backyard. She has this beautiful backyard that opens up to the forest and there's all these evergreen trees. And so we attached this squirrel feeder to a tree and we bought squirrel feed and all that kind of stuff. And we've just been having so much fun sending like photos back and forth. Like I'll send her photos of my balcony boys, which... <laughs> is what I call the little uh, chickadees that I have that I believe they're chickadees that 
um, have been on my balcony, like eating all the seed I put out there. And I call them uh, my fat little balcony boys. <laughs> like my husband will come home and be like, balcony boys. And um, so I've been sending her photos of them. My mom's been fe- sending me photos of the squirrels. And it's just really lovely, right? Like it's like these little moments that make life so wonderful. Number six, plan something to look forward to in the middle of the week. This is something I actually talked about in one of our upcoming podcast episodes. I have uh, Jenny Kowal coming up on a podcast episode that's going to be airing in June. And one of the things we talked about were how weekends don't have to be the only time when you enjoy yourself. And so I think it can be really wonderful to make a regular practice of rotating through your favorite things and putting those things like maybe on a Wednesday, right? So whether that's a trip to a coffee shop for a nice coffee that you're looking forward to or going rotating out your favorite parks or maybe making your favorite comfort meal, stop waiting for the end of the week, right? To Or waiting to feel exhausted before you think you deserve something wonderful, right? Like if, if one of your favorite things is getting pizza every week, why does it have to be on Friday? Why can't it be on Wednesday or Tuesday, right? Like you get to decide when those moments are in your life and you don't have to wait till the end of the week until you've worked, 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 worked. You can schedule in things sooner, which just improves your happiness level, right? Number seven is try an evening of solitude. So what I what this looks like for me is turning off the noise. So turning off the TV, putting my phone in another room, like plugging it in, putting it on silent, putting it away, and then really taking time to do things that typically don't take a lot of technology. So that's what feels like solitude to me. This could mean something else for you and that's fine. But I love to go through books or journals or do something that gets me into the zone, right, where I'm really focused. So maybe knitting or a paint by number or coloring or even just like listening to lo-fi and organizing my office. Um, I recently signed up for lofi.co and it's a really cool website. They have a free plan too where you can just like create like a little atmosphere and there's different lo-fi playlists and I've really been enjoying that because sometimes I I will search through YouTube but like won't find the right thing and that always just seems to have like the right vibe for me. So I've been doing that. But um, going through, you know, too, like any of the treasured things that you have, like any of your belongings and really like remembering to enjoy them. I think it's oft- it's so easy for us to like kind of see things in our home through the corner of our eye and not a- take time to appreciate them. But like when's the last time you looked at the art in your house and you're like, yeah, I love this, right? Um, just imagine yourself finding that piece of art again for the first time or finding that favorite coffee mug that you use every day um, or seeing something that you own at the thrift store and imagining like, ooh, I get to take this home with me and kind of just like reinvigorating that with your space, I think can be really, really lovely. Number eight is get something or get curious about something new. So for me, this can be like taking an interest in something new. This has been birds and birding for me for a while, but also recently I have been getting into plants and gardening and I can't really do a lot of that. We're on the third floor in our apartment, 
but I do have like a couple potted plants on my balcony, but I've been really excited kind of future planning, you know, eventually someday my dream is to own a little home with a little bit of land and do some gardening. I would love to have more land, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> and you know, maybe have like a she shed or some chickens and anyway, just get into gardening and landscaping. So I recently went into um, this book sale right today and I got a couple gardening books. One of them is really, really cool. It is The Well-Planned Garden. And hold on, it's by by Sue Phillips. It actually was published in 1988. And it's got the most beautiful illustrations of plants. And it basically just kind of walks you through how to set up your garden. But I got that for a dollar at the local library sale. And it's just been fun to kind of learn something new. Like, I know nothing about gardening or watering plants or like what perennials are. I know nothing. Um, recently, I watched a YouTube video and somebody told me like what zone they're in for plants. And I was like, there's plant zones? Like, this is crazy. And it's it can just be really humbling and fun to get some curious about something new and just kind of learn and lean into it. And it doesn't mean you have to memorize things. Like, don't look at like at it like studying, but just get curious. So like, the next time you're on TikTok, right, search for gardening or landscaping and change the algorithm, change what shows up in your feed, right? Look for YouTube videos, look for blog posts, look for books. And it can just be fun to kind of give yourself and your brain the novelty of something new to focus on. Another thing that I wanted to share, because this just like blew my mind. Um, recently, my husband and I went to our local merchantile, which is like a little thrift vintage store. And I discovered that in the 1920s and 30s, they made bird trading cards. Specifically, I think it's called like birds, useful birds of America, which I don't know why they're useful. Very weird title. But anyway, maybe that means something. I don't know. Very cool. And I want them so bad. I'm very tempted to go back and buy them. They had like each, they had like, I don't know, 30 of them. And each one of them was like $1.50. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go and buy a couple. But I don't know. But it got me really excited. I was like, bird trading cards. Like, oh, can they bring those back? How cool is that? I don't know. I just really geeked out. And then I also found out that they also did uh, trading cards for like different flowers and stuff too. And I was like, ah, oh, yes. Can we bring those back? Please, someone listening, bring those back. Um, but if you have bird trading cards and you collect them, I want to see what you have because that's just fascinating to me. Um, but another fun activity that you can do if you're going to go out and about, and this definitely does not mean you have to spend money, but you can pick something to look for. So for example, right now I'm kind of obsessed with strawberries. So like I have some strawberry scented lotion and I just think like vintage strawberries on like mugs or Tupperware, anything like that is like super cute. So anytime I go to the Goodwill or a local thrift store lately, I'm like on the hunt for strawberries. It doesn't mean I'm going to buy whatever I find, but it's just fun. Kind of like a where's Waldo or whatever thing to look for something specific. It could be lemons. It could be seashells, turtles, palm trees, or even colors, right? But the next time you're out and about, pick something to look out for and chances are you'll find it. And I don't know, it's just kind of fun. Another thing I've heard of people doing when they go out with friends is to choose a color and kind of let that like choose the path of your day. So for example, let's say that you choose orange and then you're out and about and you're like, oh, we want to go to a new restaurant. And then you find a restaurant that has like an orange sign. You would choose that one. Right. And then maybe when you're in the restaurant, you see that there's a drink that has like an orange garnish. 
and you would choose that drink, right? And so you kind of just like let that determine, let that color kind of determine the choices that you make, obviously within reason and stay safe, right? But I just thought that was kind of fun. Like let, choose a color and let that determine kind of your path for your day. It's also just kind of fun because I'm one of those people that gets overrun with decision fatigue. So, and number nine, extend the life of your joy by capturing your favorite memories. So even just in taking time to tell someone else about something that you did, and this is not just like throwing up a photo on Facebook and wanting likes or Instagram, but actually telling a friend. Um, Side note, I've been off of Facebook for my personal life since 2018, deleted everyone on there, I think except my husband and my mom. (laughs) And a lot of people um, had no idea that, that that's why I did it. And they're probably like, what? What does she do? Why does she hate me? But that's not why. But anyway, I, I recently did that back in 2018 and I've loved it. Um, I love it, love it so much. I'm so much happier. But um, getting back to the point I'm trying to make here, extend your joy by capturing your memories. So write it down in a journal, tell a friend. Um, I have a few people that I text with or I talk on Voxer with, you know, every other day or a couple days a week. And so those are the people that I share these special moments with like, oh my gosh, you'll never believe what the balcony boys did, (laughs) right? Or they made a huge mess with the seeds and just that actually extends your joy, right? Because you're basically creating a deeper neural pathway in your brain for that memory. And you can do the same thing with journaling. So That's really lovely. Another thing that I've seen um, Marie Poulin do in her notion is she has a daily journal. I also do this as well, but sometimes she'll put a photo of the day in her notion uh, account for something that came up. And so I really love that too. Kind of just like reaffirming something that happened in your day, in your life. So I hope that these nine little tips, little reminders, experiences, were helpful to you, inspired you. I thought it'd be fun to kind of do a different style topic of podcast this week um, and not focus so much entirely on business, but also just like ways to slow down in life, you know, because that's part of it. That's part of our happiness. So I hope this was wonderful and I will see you back here next week on Monday. And if you do want to find more mindful productivity resources or if you want to learn how to publish your own planner or get organized with Notion, then make sure you head on over to mindfulproductivityblog.com because that is where you'll find more of this kind of content. All right, I can't wait to get back into your ears next Monday. Have a lovely week ahead.